The following program is brought to you by Osiris Media. This is your host, Neil the Night Holler. And direct from New Orleans, it's time for Trick Bag, your ultimate destination for the heppest tracks ever waxed. From Blue Monday to Saturday Night Fish Fry, from early in the morning till the midnight hour. For rhythm and blues and rock and roll, this is the place to feed your soul. So let's get ready for some sweet musical treats as we open up the Trick Bag. This is Neil the Night Holler. On this edition of Trick Bag, we'll hear the story of one of the most colorful, dynamic, and intriguing characters in New Orleans music history, Eddie Jones, better known to the world as Guitar Slim. Slim was born in Greenwood, Mississippi in 1926, but by 1950 he had relocated to New Orleans. It was here that he started his music career. He recorded for Imperial and JB Records in the early 50s with little success. That changed in 1953 when he signed with Specialty Records. On October 26, 1953, Slim recorded a session in New Orleans that was led by a piano player who was then living in the city and starting to make a name for himself on the R&B scene, Ray Charles. One of the songs from that session, a Guitar Slim original called The Things That I Used To Do, stayed on the R&B chart for 42 weeks. It eventually climbed all the way to the number one spot, where it stayed for 14 weeks, and it ended up being one of the top-selling R&B records of 1954. Not long after the record hit, Slim's backing band needed a new piano player to go out on the road with them. That's when Lawrence Cotton came into the picture. Lawrence joined the group, where he stayed from 1954 until 1958, playing on every Guitar Slim recording session during that period, and crisscrossing the country, playing countless gigs with Slim, which often were more of an adventure than a work trip. Slim's self-destructive alcohol habits were no secret, and his untimely death in February of 1959 at age 32 only added to the mystique that already surrounded him. For the next hour, we'll hear priceless stories about the highly revered guitar virtuoso, Guitar Slim, as told by his piano player, Lawrence Cotton. Lawrence is now 94 years old and still as strong and sharp as can be. At the time of this interview, done for my radio show on WWOZ in New Orleans back in December of 2015, Lawrence was 88. This interview hasn't been heard since it first aired over five years ago. So I'm proud to present the great New Orleans piano man, Lawrence Cotton. We have a special guest in the studio tonight, Mr. Lawrence Cotton. So thanks so much for being with me uh, tonight. Stopping Thank by you the for studio. letting me here come, man. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, it's an honor to have you in the studio. You've got a rich history in uh, music. Great local piano player. Played with a lot of the greats. A few. Yeah. So uh, I, I guess we'll just uh, maybe start from the beginning and tell us how you, uh, where you, you're originally from here in New Orleans, right? Oh, yes. I've been here all my life, man. Uh-huh. When and how did you first get involved in music? Oh, we always, in, in, in my family, we had, uh, the family lived right around the corner from, in every, at each house. At my, at my house, we had a, a Jesse French piano there, and around the corner was my, my grandmother, and next door to was her daughter, and each house had a piano. Around the corner was another daughter had a piano, and, and around the corner on DeFosse Street was another piano. And I went by all the pianos, and I played a little bit, you know, find little different tunes, Invent and uh, instruct new new songs, and that's what I did years ago. Mm-hmm. But uh, when I came out to Surrey, I went to uh, I went to the Air Force in 1946, and it was at, uh, the Army Air Corps. And in 1947, it became the U.S. Air Force. And when I came out to service in 1949, then I went to Grunewald School of Music down on Camp Street. I met a lot of musicians out there. They were going to learn how to how to play and read. And that's where I pick up on a few things. And uh, in the meantime, over across the river and uh, at Louisiana, there used to be a ferry there. In fact, they had a ferry at Canal Street, had a ferry at Jackson Avenue, a ferry at Louisiana, a ferry at Napoleon, and one behind Audubon Park. But when I was going to uh, Grunewald School, and someone said that they needed a piano player over, over a place in, uh, in Harvey, Louisiana. And I went over to the club, and it was a band from Thibodeau, Jose Hill. It was Jose Hill's group from, from Thibodeau. And I sat in, and, and uh, 
then from that time on, I started playing with him on weekends. And then finally, I went. I started going to Thibodeau mm-hmm. on weekends. With the same group? Yeah, with the same yeah. group from Thibodeau, you yeah. know. And then uh, in the meantime, that must have been early part of the year, maybe around May or June or something like that. Of what year? Whatever year Slim made it, uh, that song. Okay. But Ray Charles was the one that was on the record. Yeah, on things I used to do, yeah. Yeah, Ray, on Ray, the things Ray. I used to do. The things that I used to do. What happened, they, they, they played like today, and they, were, they recorded quite a few songs. And they ended, and they tried to do the things I used to do, and they kept, every time they almost get to the finish, Slim would stop. Ray Charles said, man, go ahead, keep playing, keep playing. So they said, look, we'll stop today. And it came like the next day. The second, I think it was the second take that they had it. You know, at the end of the song, we say, I just can't get along with you. <laughs> and the song, da, 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 yeah, da. And you heard in the background, yeah, that's Ray Charles. Yeah! And all the previous songs that they did the day before. Mm-hmm. Well, it was Ray Charles doing all that yeah. stuff. So were you actually in the studio? That I day? was not there. No, you weren't there. I didn't have anything to do with that. Yeah. October of uh, 53, does that sound right? All right, that's when they recorded. Right, yeah. But in the meantime, I was I was going to Happy's Corral in May or June when I was going to Groom Old School of Music, you see. Was that the place in Harvey you were talking about? That's the place, yeah. yeah. Then on weekends, I'd go out to Thibodeau. That's where, uh, where Hosea Hill's band was playing. Mm-hmm. But they were the band that played with uh, Ray Charles at, at the studio with, with Guitar Slim. Yeah. So then the song hit in December. It really went big. So they say, hey, Cotton, we, we're getting ready to go on the road. Can you go? I say, I don't know, man. I never even played with guitar. I didn't, I didn't even know him. And uh, they say, I say, okay, let me see. I, I got to talk to my wife because I was working at, at the Kleins on, on, on magazine, a rug company on Magazine Street. I was working at night. And uh, I said, look, baby, I'm going to go out for a couple of weeks with a band. And end up to be four years I played with, with Guitar Slim from 1954. I quit the band in 1958. And two months later, Slim died in New York. Yeah. And he was a pretty dynamic uh, personality. Oh, man, Slim was something else, man. He, he, he'd have people hypnotized the way that he, he played and sang. And he was a good artist, man. He knew a lot of stuff. He was really a fine musician. Uh, and he had a good stage presence. Oh, man, he was something else with that. He, what he would do, he had a guy from Mississippi named Jimmy. I forgot his last name, but Jimmy was a big, huge guy. And he'd get on Jimmy's shoulder. And he had an extension on his guitar. And we had the do drop. He, we came out the door playing the guitar and he came back in playing the guitar. You know, that's, that was his thing. We played Vashery one time across the river on the other side of the river. And they had rafters in the place. And Slim was hanging up on the rafters playing, uh, playing his guitar. See, the thing about it, he, he, didn't, he didn't know how to play it conventionally way. He had a choke on the guitar, you see. So whatever key it, oh, blues, you only use one, one, four, five changes in the blues, you know. So what happened is when he put the clamp on, in other words, like he was in the key of F, B flat would be the four, and C would be the, the five, seven. So whatever he played, he'd hang on, and he hit that, that, that one chord. Ah. And then, then he went, when he went to the other part, the, the four, B flat, that's the four, and the C seven would be the, the thing that's bring it back to the, to one card. So he would just move the capo for whatever key. Yeah, whatever he had to move that move that to wherever it was. All right, so yeah. we was in the pilot theater. We were up there, and he was playing in the finale. He was playing a song, and I, I forgot the song he was singing in, 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 in B-flat. He was singing a song in B-flat, maybe Suffering Mind or something, okay. Then when he finished, then Charlie Barnett, that was the big band we were playing with him. Slim was supposed to stop and then somebody make a modulation to the key of uh, five flats, uh, D flat. But what happened, uh, Slim, he, he, didn't know, he didn't know where it was. He didn't know where, where D flat was, you see. So in the meantime, he, he had to get the, somebody cut him off. <laughs> and then the trumpet player made a, a modulation to go into the D flat and everybody came in. And that was the finale. 
And Schiffman, he's the man that uh, on a pilot here, and he said, don't you ever do that again. <laughs> so that never happened again. Yeah, he was just trying his best, I guess, doing what he, he knew how to do. But he didn't know how, where, where D-flat was, you yeah. see. Uh-huh. So that's what happened in, in, that, in that particular case. Yeah, I bet you have a lot of uh, interesting stories about Slim. Huh? Oh, yeah, well, another time uh, when, when uh, uh, the Buick came out, uh, somebody told him if you get on the uh, uh, New Jersey Turnpike, you could drive as fast as you want. Yeah. Now, whoever told him that, I do not know. Mm-hmm. I used to ride with him a lot of times. He said, come on, Cotton, let's go, let's go. He said, let me drive. I said, okay, we got on New Jersey time pack. Boy, we was going head to New York. And on the way to New York, he was going, and, and police, ah, you know, <laughs> stopped us and came back about five miles the opposite way. Uh-huh. Had kangaroo coat. He came up with about $100. They turned us loose as we came back. You take over, Cotton. From that time on, he didn't want to drive anymore. Yeah. <laughs> that was an incident. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, did, I did most of the driving most of the time. <laughs> so who were the other members of the group at this time? Oh, let me see. You had uh, Clarence Ford. He was from New Orleans. He played baritone. We had uh, uh, Gus Fontenet. He was from New Iberia. Uh, New Iberia. He played alto. Joe Tillman played tenor. Mm-hmm. That's the three horns. He had another guy named uh, Gerard we used to call him Turk. He looked like a Turk. His hair, his real, real straight hair, you know. John Gerard was his name. He was, when I went on the road, he and I were room buddies. He played trumpet. So I was the front line. And I played piano. Lord Lama played bass. That was his band. And Oscar Moe played the drums. That's the first band that we went out there. Uh-huh. Nice and eventually, line. this one dropped out, that one dropped out. Uh-huh. And one time, uh, we, were, we were in Georgia, and Dalton Russo, and Clarence Ford came and met us. And the next time we went into, went into uh, the Apollo Theater. So pretty much from the time that you joined Slim's band, you were on all of his recordings up until he passed, right? From like 54 on. Man, were... look, we, we went so many different places and recorded. Yeah. The only place I can really remember was in New York City. And a guy came in with crutches. And he, the song about if, if I had my life to live over. That's, I can remember that. We was in recording studio after that month. And I've been on quite a few records. And Ray Charles on quite a few of them, like I said, when they first started out, you know. Yeah. And I, I tried to imitate behind Ray Charles. Yeah. What well, he did. I've got a few tunes uh, queued up by Slim. I, I thought I'd give him a spin. And then we'll give come, it a spin. We'll man. come back in and uh, talk a little more. Yeah, give it a spin. Yeah, I've got uh, Lawrence Cotton with me. We're going to start things off with uh, one recorded in September of 54 in Hollywood. There's a little studio chatter at the beginning, and Slim uh, mentions a little bit about Cotton. He gives him a name check. So here it is. Guitar Slim with Stand By Me. I just stand by me, is that right, Ed? That's right. Okay, let's do it all the way down now. Hold it, hold it, hold it. He's in the piano, and nobody got in me. Come on. In. Okay, now, one, two, three, four, then, then he hit. See? Cotton get in, good, see? I got to come in on Cotton. Okay.
This is Neil the Night Howler with the latest edition of Trick Bag, direct from New Orleans. We're hearing an interview I did back in December of 2015 with New Orleans piano player Lawrence Cotton, who played in Guitar Slim's band from 1954 to 1958. He also performed and recorded with many other legendary New Orleans artists like Edgar Blanchard, Danny White, Dave Bartholomew, Danny Barker, and many others. Let's get back into it with another track that features Lawrence Cotton on piano, a soulful blues ballad by Guitar Slim, recorded in California on September 28, 1954. Suffering mind? That's right. Suffering. suffering, just like you're suffering. Suffering mind. Here we go now. Oh, I'm suffering. In my mind, you keep me worried, Lord, all the time. I try to smile with my friends all day, but nothing I do can ease my suffering mind. It hurts me so bad To be losing the one I love I cry, I cry to pray To the Lord up above But where can I find Someone that can ease My suffering mind
I have in the witness You know that you will find That life means nothing to you, baby If you have a worry in mind So forgive me for what I do Cause I live on with a suffering mind Alright, there's Guitar Slam with three great tunes recorded in September of 54. Suffering Mind, take one. We also heard an unreleased thing called I Wanna Love You. And started it off with Stand By Me. I'm talking to the piano player on that session, Mr. Lawrence Cotton. So a few great tunes there. Yeah, man. We, we All the records we made were real nice. Uh-huh. Let me tell you an incident what happened in New Orleans. Slim was, was drinking at night, driving his Cadillac. You know, LaSalle Street, where well, LaSalle, the, the street comes into LaSalle Street. Third and second, somewhere up in that neighborhood, there was a bulldozer there, and Slim ran into the bulldozer. And they had to put him in charity hospital. He had to stay in the hospital about three, almost three or four weeks. In the meantime, we had an engagement to play in Bessemer, Alabama. And our, our, our director, Jose Hill, we were standing in front of the dewdrop. He said, Cotton, he said, we got a couple of gigs to play in, in Bessemer, Alabama, and Atlanta, Georgia. I don't know what to do. And I said, but well, I got a guy right upstairs named Earl King. He looked like Slim. He played all the Slim tunes. He said, go get him. So I went upstairs and I got Earl and brought him down. And I introduced him to Slim uh, to, to Jose. And he, he liked what he, what he heard. So then he decided we're going to take this trip to Bessemer, Alabama. And also, they had another guy named uh, Jesse Dragnet Allen, as they used to call him. Okay. Jesse Allen, that's what, he's from Florida. Yeah. Jesse Dragnet Allen, what he called himself. Mm-hmm. And he, he came out there as, as Ray Charles. Ray Charles was supposed to come out there mm-hmm. on a gig. All right, so in our band, we had a green suit with a yellow tie. We had a, a rust suit with a red tie. So when we, we came out, you know, the green suit, we came out the green suit for, for Jesse Allen. Now, Ray Charles sit at the piano and play all this stuff, you know that. Uh-huh. But where, where is he? He's over in the middle of the stage with dog glasses and singing all the Ray Charles songs. We, we knew <laughs> Ray Charles because he's real close. Uh, we, we came out, we played about 15 minutes to 20 minutes entertaining the people. And he up there singing all the Ray Charles songs. Well, I, I, I turned my back to the audience so that they wouldn't see me because Ray yeah. Charles sit at the piano and play all the time. Right. In the meantime, we had played somewhere up, up north. And a guy, Flint, Michigan, we played, Michigan. And this guy, he stand in front of the band. And he saw Guitar Slim and Poison. And he saw them and he, and he recognized and, and at this particular place where we played in the best of Alabama, the stage was up high and he was down low. And he looking up there. He looking up there. He didn't say anything about uh, well, Ray Charles. I mean, he didn't know too much about him, I guess. So we took in the mission after after Jesse, after he sang his did his little thing. So then we went inside, changed clothes into the red suit, with, I mean the rust suit with the red tie. We came out, we played about 15 to 20 minutes. And then we brought Earl King on as Guitar Slim. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this guy down on the, on the floor, he looked up. There ain't no guitar slim. And I'm sitting there, I'm looking at him. Yeah. So Gus was our announcer. So, but but when when uh, 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 Earl King was playing this guitar slim, this guy looked up there and said, "That ain't no guitar slim." So Gus was our announcer. I said, "Gus, call uh, call our manager, Jose Hill." So they brought it. So Gus called. We stopped the music, and he came back, and he brought the guy. And put him back, they must have paid him some money, shot him up and oh, everything, yeah. you know. Uh-huh. But had not been, man, the people could have killed us over there, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I hear a lot about that kind of thing went on pretty often back then. Oh, it, man. It, oh, quite, quite, quite a few. But that's one incident I yeah. never will forget. Yeah. I, I know that uh, I think Little Willie Littlefield used to perform as uh, Amos Milburn and Charles Brown from time to time. So you, you hear those kinds of stories. Yeah. Well, you know, Ray Charles could, could, play, uh, could sing like either one. Yeah. Like uh, Nat Cole or Charles Nat, yeah, 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 man, okay, with something else, man, uh-huh. yeah. yeah. So did, did you? Uh, were you pretty well acquainted with Ray while he was living? Yeah, here? Yeah, well, we knew Ray, man, because Ray, Ray came to the to sit in, and you know, 
he knew all the bands, and, and he, he just called. He, Gus would sit down and, and notate what he he called. Uh-huh. He he said, call, play this number on that line, and that that kind of note and that kind of thing. And when he put it together, I mean, it was real real fine arrangement. You know? Yeah, we really knew Ray, man. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Uh-huh. He lived he lived about a at that hotel about a block away from uh, the Dew Drop. Yeah. Was that um, was that Foster? Foster. Foster Brothers. Yeah. yeah, he knew his steps right on down. He kind of stepped all the way down to the Dew Drop. Yeah, man, he that that's what that's where he got around, counting the steps and everything. If you, if he if he came in here, he would have counted the steps coming from the front from the front all the way back here to where I am. Right. And and just if, one time, and, and if you if you didn't change anything five years from now, he come in, he knew exactly how to get in here. Yeah. Would be no problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he uh, he didn't let it be a handicap for him. No, it was sure. not. It was yeah. not. Mm-hmm. Was it around the same time that you played with Lloyd Lambert uh, and re- did those recordings like uh, Heavy Sugar and uh, King Kong? Yeah, all that, all, that, all that, that happened between, I'm telling you, 1954 and 1958. Well, I tell you, we used to go in the studio every day in Los Angeles. And Bump said, come on, Cotton, play something funky over there. I, I said, okay. So I was thinking about those people in, 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 in the spiritual church. You know, their feet be going, rock a chock rock a chock rock a chock And uh, then... then Oscar Mo, he, he picked up the beat, and I started, da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and we did that in the studio. And Lloyd played the bass, Oscar played the drums, I played the piano. Mm-hmm. And then he put Joe Tillman on top of, the, the, if you listen to it, Joe Tillman came in yeah. on top of my solo. Yeah. Now, Lloyd Lambert had got an arrangement for some guy for Heavy Sugar, but, but Bumps changed it to what you hear on the record. Yeah, that's you talking about Bumps Blackwell. Bumps they, Blackwell, they and our man for he, he changes it, what you hear on the record. But if you'd have heard the whole arrangement, you might have enjoyed it more. Oh, yeah? They, they could have made it a, a two-parter. Huh? Like yeah, it could have been a two-part thing, but he, he changed it from what, what was happening on there. That, that happened out in Los Angeles. Yeah. So this is pretty much the same band that played on the Slim Yeah, the, yeah, the, man, the same records. band, yeah. yeah. Same band, yeah. yeah. Well, mm-hmm. uh, I've got uh, both of those tunes queued up, so you want to give them a spin? Let it go. Yeah, I've got uh, King Cotton. The namesake of uh, Mr. Cotton from <laughs> 1955, and the flip side, Heavy Sugar.
All right, two uh, great instrumentals by Lloyd Lambert's band. That was Heavy Sugar, and right before that, King Cotton, featuring Lawrence Cotton on piano. Lawrence Cotton in the studio this evening. Let me tell you another story. We uh, were going on our way back to California, and Howard Johnson and Hosea Hill, they got together and decided we would uh, put people together with T-Bone Walker, Joe Turner, and Guitar Slim. And we played all over Texas. And the fire marshal came out there because he found out that we were doing this. There had too many people in the place. He said, you can't bring any more people in here. Yeah. Everybody wanted to hear what we were doing. And once New York found out about it, that's when they started sending. From that time, we were the first to start that. Like those package uh, Package thing. We were the first to start that. Yeah. T-Bone Walker, Joe Tone, and Guitar Slim. We started that. Then you start seeing people start coming down with different ones. One more story about yeah, Slim. Yeah, as many as you want to tell. No, just one I could yeah. think of. Uh, we were driving, going, going back to New York, and Slim was on the front seat, and I was driving, and his hand kept coming up. And uh, he, I, I, I put, on, put a call on the side and said, Slim, you're going to cause me to have an accident if you keep reaching for the wheel. Mm-hmm. What's the matter, Cotton? I said, well, you keep reaching for the wheel. I said, why don't you get on the back seat? And you sleep all you want. Now, I, I do the driving, you know. Mm-hmm. He said, well, let me tell you what happened. I said, what? He said, man, I was sleeping. I was dreaming. This beautiful woman, she was coming to me, man. She was getting ready to kiss me. And soon, she, before she could kiss me, she turned into a monster. I said, what? He, he was drinking a lot. They, they, they have what you call a DTs, I think it oh, yeah. is. <laughs> That's what he had. When he told me that story, I said, okay, Slim. Get on the back seat, man. Let me, let me finish driving where we got to go. Because yeah. the van was following us. Well, you know, where we went, you know. Uh-huh. And that's what happened on on the road. The Sam Road going to going to New York City, man. He, I tell you one thing. He uh, he didn't fool no dope or anything. That yeah. bottle with this right. thing. Yeah, it, it, he yeah he used to put it on uh, uh, Jimmy Reed. We played West Virginia one time. Uh-huh. We played Kansas City one time with a, a, a Gate Mouth. We played in uh, somewhere. Uh, we played up there in in, uh, in Gate Mouth. He, he started cursing on the guitar. That's a curse. He put that on Slim. And when we got in West Virginia, Slim put that on, on Jimmy Reed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> cursing one another, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I hear he uh, his drinking never really affected his uh, stage performance. Oh, no, no, no. It didn't, yeah. uh, no, uh, uh, it didn't affect his. He was always clear, But he was a womanizer. He was a womanizer. Everywhere Slim, whatever said Slim went in, he had to have one or two or three women, oh, yeah. three or more. And he told me, he said, Cotton, he said, you're going to outlive me. I said, why you say that, Slim? He said, because I'm living two days to your one. Yeah. And he was right. He's yeah. living real fast life.
town. Now they call me guitar film, baby, and I'm come to play in your town. Now if I can't play my guitar, baby, I doggone choking clown. This is your host, Neil the Nighthawler, and this is Trick Bag. We're listening to the story of Guitar Slim, featuring an interview I did in 2015 with Slim's piano player, Lawrence Cotton. Yeah, because didn't he pass away just shortly after you left the group? Yeah, when I, I quit the band in, in, in uh, December, in February, he died in 59. Yeah. 32 or 34 years old, something like that, yeah. Yeah. He's all, they're all buried in Thibodeau, man. Yeah, the whole band. Huh? The, just about the whole band. Lord Nauman, Hosea Hill, <laughs> Turk, <laughs> Oscar Moore, all of them. All, all of them did buried in Thibodeau, man. Yeah. and uh, But you're still performing these days. Every now and then. Yeah. Every yeah. now and then. You, you mind uh, sharing your age with us? Yeah, I'm 88, man. Yeah, and still going. In the 2nd of February, Groundhog Day, I'll be 89. Yeah. Thank God, yeah. yeah. So what about uh, what about these days? Where are you uh, performing? Every now and then I get a job over at, at the Preservation Hall with with Karen, Jan, his wife singing, and uh, I play with uh, uh, Freddie Alonzo. He, he had a group over there one time, and different ones. I, every now and then I get a call, go over there and play. Mm-hmm. Still I'm really job. retired, but you know I had a government job. So, yeah, I worked for the Department of Defense years okay. ago. And right. Retired in 1992. <laughs> so, so now you've got time to uh, kind of enjoy yourself and work, Do what at, I want. work at your leisure. Do what I want. Yeah. So, so I assume even when you're not uh, on gigs, you uh, I assume you sit down at the piano uh, pretty yeah, much every yeah, day. Yeah, I practice. I practice at home sometimes. Yeah. Sixteen track Pro Tools studio in this house. Huh. <laughs> Fully complete. <laughs> yeah. I uh, let me uh, let me introduce Carrie. Uh, we've been uh, kind of talking off mic all night, but uh, you can grab that mic. I got. Yeah, we've got Carrie Brown in the studio, too. A pleasure to have you, and thanks for bringing in Lawrence. Yes, I do what I can. Uh, uh, yeah, you're a, He's a you're living a, legend. Yeah, you're a local drummer who... Uh, is yeah, local drummer, festival producer, and, you know. Mm-hmm. Played with a lot of the uh, great blues artists. Uh, yeah, played with a lot of great blues artists, uh, a lot of different bands uh-huh. through the years. Yeah, and, uh, and Lawrence is in uh, your wife... Uh, yeah, Lawrence Jane is in, band. in Jane Harvey Brown's band, and uh, we just recorded a, a CD over at the Mint. So Lawrence got a new project out live at the Mint and uh, showing off his piano expertise on the grand piano over there. So uh, we're keeping him live. Yeah, you know? so he's got a recording career. Giving him, giving him his flowers where he can smell them. Yeah, that's, that's always a good thing. And uh, got a recording career that spans over 60 years. Oh, yeah, that's that's incredible in itself. I'm just so proud of Lawrence. He's uh, He will be doing our 10th year anniversary of this Cotton Fest. His birthday is the Sunday before Mardi Gras. At his house, they block off the street, and we have uh, all kind of bands come through there playing. Uh, you know, a lot of the... Uh, Local musicians live there, like Ivan Neville and Deacon John, and and a lot of people like that come by and play. John Cleary, um, a lot of piano players come by and play on his birthday. Uh-huh. And we have a lot of brass bands come and play, and guys from Bourbon Street and Preservation Hall, and you know, just a lot of different musicians come around. A lot of piano players, yeah, so come that, too. That's, that's something that a lot of people probably don't know about, but it's yeah, it's it's growing every year. It's kind of like the underground thing. Now we call it a Cotton Fest. So this will be the tenth year anniversary of Cotton Fest, celebrating Lawrence's eighty ninth year. Yeah, and where and is it? It's always the Sunday before Carnival at my house. My house is eight fourteen Balcalza Street. That's fifty two blocks from Canal Street, eight blocks from the river. You can't miss it. Bellcastle Magazine. It used to be a place called Tyler's Beer Garden, a magazine in, in, in Bellcastle. You can't miss it. I've been living on Bellcastle just about all my life. I used to live at 616 and moved back to 8, 822 in 1934. 
And the only time I remember leaving is when I went, uh, I went to the service and I went and played for Guitar Slim. That's the only time I left. All the rest of the time, I'm, on, on, I'm at 814 Belcastle right now. Yeah, so you're still in the same place that you were when you played with Slim. Huh? Yeah. yeah. No, no, I, I was in another house, 822, okay. when Slim. All right. And I moved two houses down in the cottage yeah, with my wife. Yeah, close enough. So. Yeah. yeah. In 80 years living on Bellcastle Street, so <laughs> he's the king of Bellcastle. Uh-huh. And tell us one more time when that takes place. That takes place the Sunday before Mardi Gras. All right. And the, and uh, the address one more time? 814 Bellcastle, right. Mr. Lawrence Cotton's house. So, I think uh, that's the day of the Super Bowl, I believe. Maybe so. No, no. I'm not sure. But, uh, Super Bowl got to step aside for Cotton Fest. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> I know that. I played with Michael White on that day. At least for four or five hours. Yeah, I played with Doctor Michael White on that day. He rides me on the motorcycle up there uh, at the okay. church up on on uh, St. Charles and uh, Broadway. Oh yeah. I played with Michael White for about one hour. Then we ride the motorcycle back home. Yeah. Then our party starts. Yeah, everything is fine, man. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's something to see a 89-year-old man on the back of a Harley. Yeah, it sounds like he's still still active and still involved. <laughs> he's still involved. Still involved in a lot of different things. So that's yes. good. Whatever you're doing, it's keeping you young, I guess. Oh, yeah. So, well, being preserved and being appreciated, that's one thing. It's good to that we as young musicians can appreciate the older guys. That's where I'm at, you mm-hmm. know, about showcasing the guys who paved the way for me. Right, and a lot of the unsung heroes That's that, right. that were behind the scenes. You're listening to a 2015 interview with Lawrence Cotton on Trick Bag with Neil the Night Holler. Now it's back to Lawrence with some more memories of Guitar Slim. When he uh, got got broke, my wife came out the last year I played in 1958. And, uh, Miss Cotton, give me $50. Say, all right, Slim. I'll pay you back more. She said, "No, just give me what, what, whatever, I, whatever you borrow. Just give me that back." Yeah. And every now and then he'd he'd come in uh, borrow money from my wife. Huh. It was like a family out there, boy. We had a wonderful time. Yeah, it seems like that's kind of how things were back then. It M- was. Musicians had camaraderie. And, yeah, that band we had was just like a family, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess that uh, translated into the music you made. Oh yeah. yeah. So I've got some more uh, some more guitar slim tunes queued up. Put something else on it, yeah, man. Th- okay. This is uh, Guitar Slim, Lawrence Cotton on piano with I Got Something For You. <laughs> okay, here we go now. Now listen now. Uh, I'm going to raise this a little, just a little bit. How would this do now? Before you try to record it, this how would this do? Just catch this here. Okay. Okay. That's too fast. Gus, give me a cue out there with your finger. something for you, baby. See there? That's the people out there. Okay, that's everybody on the toes now. Everybody on the toes. Okay, got something for you. Take seven. I got something for you, baby. I hope you don't get mad. Now watch it now, watch this. I don't know who coming in, maybe I'm wrong, I don't know. I got Okay. Yeah, as long as you drop it, that'll make me on I can't understand what's happening back here. I'm back behind the curtain, man. I got something for you, baby. I hope it makes you glad. Well, I got something for you, baby. I hope it makes you glad. I wanna give you something, baby. Give you something, baby. Baby, that you never had. Come on and walk with me, baby. And take me by the hand. Come on and walk with me, baby. And take me by the hand. I wanna prove to you, baby. Prove to you, baby. Baby, I can raise some sand. I wanna tell you something, baby. You know you are so sweet. I wanna 
for this edition of Trick Bag. I'm your host, Neil the Nighthawler. And for the past hour, we've been hearing an interview I did with Lawrence Cotton on December 1st, 2015, which originally aired on my radio show on WWOZ in New Orleans. Lawrence was 88 at the time of the interview. He's now 94 and still going very strong. What we just heard is only half of the story. Join me next time for part two of my interview with Lawrence, We'll hear more first-hand Guitar Slim stories and tracks by Slim, and also some recordings by other New Orleans artists that feature Lawrence's piano work. Lawrence really is a treasure and one of the only living links to that era in New Orleans music. I hope you'll tune in next time for another great adventure in New Orleans rhythm and blues. (laughs) 
Trick Bag is hosted and produced by yours truly, Neil Pellegrin. Executive produced by Kirsten Cluthy and Adam Kaplan in partnership with EAC Productions with audio production by Matt Dwyer. If you like what you just heard, please rate and review us and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or any of your other favorite podcast platforms. Yeah.